USC held their media day one day before I opened up fall camp, and it revealed a lot, including an I told you so moment. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching me on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate your support. You can show yours, and it means a lot. If you're watching YouTube, become a subscriber. It's free. It's easy. Just hit the red subscribe button. And the best thing you can do is hit that thumbs up. And like I mentioned, Fall Camp opens tomorrow, today, Friday, if you're watching this episode. I don't want you to miss one. Hit that bell notification button, and that way you don't miss one of our episodes Monday through Friday. Now, my everyday viewers and listeners, they're going to be able to confirm um, what I said was going to happen this season. I've got receipts. You can go check out July's 19th episode of Locked on USC. I've been telling everybody that Jonah Monheim was going to be moving to left tackle. Well, told you so. He is. I've mentioned this on more than one occasion. And I, with now with confirmation, uh, which, by the way, offensive line coach Josh Henson confirmed what I said uh, at USC's media day that they held Thursday. Here's what I said the offensive line would look like, and it's starting to come to fruition. Left tackle, Jonah Monheim. Left guard, Jarrett Kingston. Justin Dietrich will be your starting center. Emmanuel Pregnon, right guard. We're going to call him E-Man from now on. And Michael Tarquin will be the starting right tackle. Uh, as I mentioned, Josh Henson let everybody know that I was right uh, at USC's media day that Jonah is going to be playing left tackle this season. When he was asked, when Coach Henson was asked why, he said Jonah's consistency, how consistent he is on a rep-by-rep rep basis. Well, that's pretty much what you want when you've got to, uh, you're the man in charge of protecting Caleb Williams' blind side. You want somebody who's going to be the most consistent. What that also means is Jonah is going to have played every position along USC's offensive line, except for center, which, oh, by the way, you're going to hear it first. Uh, I'm hearing privately, uh, this wasn't talked about today, that he's also the backup center, at least for right now. And what's interesting about that is that's the position that most believe he's going to be playing when he gets to the league. Jonah also still has a uh, another year of eligibility left. So whether he stays this year or not, or whether he goes to the league after this year or not, is up to him. But um, eventually I think the NFL is going to want to see him snapping the ball. Jonah is what you call the ultimate team player his answer is whatever they need me to do you ask him a question about why you're doing this whatever they need me to do he is a high iq guy and uh he you can see why the coaching staff has so much trust in him 
why they why they speak so highly of him. Uh, Jared Kingston, he was scheduled to be there for the media day, but something came up. Uh, we were told he was going to be there later. He might have been. Um, I was kind of in scrambled mode, so I, if he was, I didn't notice him. I apologize. Again, there was a lot of players in a thirty in a in a short amount of time. Uh, we were there from twelve to three, and it was it was pretty much like clockwork. So the offensive line group, besides Josh Henson and uh, Jonah Monheim, you had Justin Dietrich, Eman Emmanuel Pregnon, Michael Tarquin, Gino Quinones, and then I also talked about Josh Henson. I sat in and spoke with uh, transfer Michael Tarquin, as well as uh, Justin Dietrich. And by the way, those video interviews are up on YouTube. You can go check them out on the on the Locked On Network channels, on the Locked On USC channel. Really in-depth stuff with these guys. And I, I have limited time here, so I, make sure you take some time to check out all the video interviews that I'm going to be uploading. There's a lot of them. What I can tell you um, in my conversation with uh, Michael Tarquin, very mature dude. <laughs> and he, I think he needs to be. Um, probably a... You know, number one, uh, you, you don't transfer across all the way across the country from from Gainesville, Florida, to Los Angeles without having a little bit of maturity behind you. Mm-hmm. He's also married to uh, to Tony Baselli's daughter. Uh, people don't know that name. You better recognize the name Tony Baselli. He played at USC, offensive line, Jacksonville Jaguars. So I was asking Michael about, um, you know, if, if part of the discussion, you know, part of what brought him over to, to come to USC, if part of that discussion was switching over to the left side, because that's where we saw him play all spring. Well, as I mentioned, I wasn't able to pay attention to everything because at, while I'm talking to Michael, um, Coach Henson is letting everybody know that Jonah Monheim is left tackle this year. So Michael is back at right tackle. There you go. So I'm not sure if, you know, Michael's kind of looking at me like, you know, you're asking me these questions, but it's kind of a moot point. He, he went along with it. Anyways, you can check out the video, ask him a bunch of questions. He gave some really solid answers. Now, I mentioned E-Man. He is massive, huge. He's probably the biggest offensive lineman on the roster. Although Elijah Page, by the time he's a junior, uh, he's probably going to be as big. Mason Murphy's close, but Emmanuel is he's massive. Uh, I mean, even Dietrich was is impressed with his new right guard. And what, what's interesting is Emmanuel was asked why he why he thought he was under recruited, underrated coming out of high school, and ironically, he said, and he said it with a smile, was his size. So, you know, sometimes coaches don't see, they don't, they don't forecast for the future. And, you know, he his only interest out of high school, Northern Arizona and Wyoming. And Wyoming was the only school that offered him a full ride. And don't be fooled when you see him smile because it lights up a room. He's, he's not a nice guy uh, when it's time to compete. In his own words, he's trying to destroy the other guy and he 
put the guy into the ground, in his own words. And when I think about it, it's almost like, uh, did he listen to Tony Baselli's NFL draft film? Because those were his words. I mentioned that uh, Emmanuel's only uh, offers out of high school was Wyoming and uh, Northern Arizona. Now he's starting, he's well, He's competing for the starting role at USC. Amazing how, how someone's journey starts and where it's at and where it could possibly end. Michael Tarquin also told me that, because I asked him, I said, what is, what is the group's strength? And uh, he, he basically laid out three things. Talent, depth, and the guys, this group can play at a, at a really high level. A lot of quiet confidence when you hear when you listen to him talk. And again, I I, I talked about it. Um, I'm going to talk about it more in the next segment. Uh, the, the maturity level is is really really high with the offensive line room. Everyone's well grounded, focused. They know what the, the the task at hand is. Oh, and there's like three guys on the roster who are married also, so that adds to the to the maturity factor. Now, I, I was curious um, if, if Dietrich had any thoughts about the Pac-12 essentially coming to an end, if he felt any, you know, if he was melancholy about it. And he actually kind of flipped, he says, no, nah, man. Um, he's actually looking forward to being uh, on the last USC team to compete in the Conference of Champions. And he didn't come right out and say it, but um, he also looks forward to being the conference's last champion. So, as I said, I I, I said this was a group that I've, I've I was I've had some mild concerns about that they have the right pieces. They just needed to kind of figure out who's going to go where. Well, it looks like the starting five is set. Now they just got to kind of figure out who's part of the two-deep rotation and who's going to be backing up who. Fall camp starts today, Friday. They're going to get that figured out pretty soon. They have to because the first game, less than 30 days away, August 26th, San Jose State. So these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you can have access to the best qualified candidates available all the time. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the right people for your team faster, and they're going to do it for free. And as easy as it is to use LinkedIn to find a job, we've been there before, we've all been there. It's also just as easy to create a free job when you post on LinkedIn Jobs. Once you add your job listing, all you have to do is Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and that is going to spread the word that you're hiring someone for your team. And LinkedIn provides you simple tools like screening questions, and that makes it really easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview as well as hire. Recruiting the right person for your team means a better product. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs at number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to 
faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com forward slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So, as you could probably ascertain, I led right off the top of the show with it. We're going to get into a more of a overall roundup from USC's Media Day. The biggest news, obviously, was Josh Henson confirming that I was right, that Jonah Monheim, that rumor is true. He is going to be the starting left tackle. And that's significant news uh, because you're now you're going into a new season again and that starting left tackle spot is, it's, it, I don't know, I'll say it's less uncertain now because we, ha- we know who they want. Last year it was Cortland Ford and it was Bobby Haskins. By the end of the year, uh, we didn't know who was going to have the position. Now, I, I alluded to the maturity factor from the O-line room. Uh, overall, when I scanned, scanned the room this afternoon, which, by the way, it took place inside the McKay Center where the team trains down uh, downstairs on their turf indoor practice field. The first thing you're going to notice, everybody, when you see these guys physically, uh, the differences are really noticeable. Uh, everyone has taken advantage of the offseason. Every player is bigger. And what you can't see you're going to hear in the player in the players' responses during these uh, these interviews. When you watch these video interviews, pay really close attention uh, to the answers, especially from the guys like I want you to pay attention to all of them. But these guys specifically jumped out: Eric Gentry, Jamil Muhammad, Jack Sullivan, Solomon Tuliapupu, and Miller Moss. And then I want you to remind yourself that these young men are still in college. Impressive young men. Uh, Like I said, do yourself a favor. Watch all the interviews. Uh, I'm loading them up, but I, in fact, I want, the first two are already up, I really want you to go to, Miller Moss and Solo. Impressive. This this is a great way for uh, for the fans, Uh, in my opinion, I think, to get to know the players a little bit and, and humanize them. Don't look at them as video, you know, video game players. These are real people. And, you know, I, I bring up these two players because, you know, Solo, Solo and Miller, they deserve to be heard uh, for different reasons, obviously. You know, uh, I talked with both of them, and, and despite their limited playing time, um, they are by far two of the best interviews of the day. You're going to love them. I, special consideration, I think, goes to Jamil Muhammad for his candor. Very mature. Knows what he wants. And what you're really going to get out of all of these, uh, all these interviews, all the Q&A that we did, there's a quiet confidence um, among the whole team, but the defensive players especially. Going into this fall, uh, 
they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. You know, the players, they, they try and they shut out all that outside noise, but they've heard it. You know, Eric Gentry said, hey, can't wait. Cannot wait. And, you know, he, he's got a real serious look on his face when he's talking, and all of a sudden he'll start smiling. He's a really intense guy. Like I said, he goes from serious to smile, and it's, it's like a, it's a scary good vibe. <laughs> I, you know, I asked him about, you know, how does how do you turn that off? Because he he wears his emotions on his sleeve. I asked him about, you know, hopping back out on the field in that Utah game, and it's like it was just it was in the moment. He wasn't trying to prove or or show anybody anything. It was he gets caught up in the moment, and he doesn't. He's been trying to figure out how to how to balance everything so it doesn't overwhelm him. They're all, you know, again, there's no sense of machismo with this team, no sense of bravado. Uh, just a humble and hungry, and I'm using finger quotes for the people who are listening, AF. They are hungry AF, I guess is the best way to describe it. This is a family show, so I can't say what AF stands for. If you know, you know. Um, just know everybody is focused, especially on the defense. They don't want to hear it anymore. Defensive coordinator Alex Grinch, he was there. He was asked straight up if he's coaching for his job this season, and he said, quote, 21 years in the business, I think you're coaching for your job all the time, end quote. And he had that answer ready. <laughs> I mean, he's had a long off season to, to prepare for that question, and he nailed it. You know, give him credit. Uh, he was also asked about how you build on a season uh, where you led college football in turnovers. And he said, quote, so there were some positives. <laughs> he got some smiles from everybody. Uh, quote, we won the turnover battle 11 times last year, and we won 11 football games. He's, there, is a, uh, there is a correlation to winning the turnover battle. So that's not going to stop this year. They are still going to go with the mindset that the ball doesn't know who it belongs to. And they're going to go out there and create. They're going to go take the ball away. <clears throat> I did ask Alex, um, Coach Grinch, uh, why the defense is resonating more with the transfer guys uh, and less so with the high school recruits. I have the video up. If He gave a very long-winded answer. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. However, I'm not sure he totally agreed with that narrative. And he went on to start explaining how the roster is built on a, you know, how things are unique and how things are changing, yada, 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 yada. So um, I don't want to say he went off on a Graham Harrell tangent, but it, I don't know if it answered my question directly. You tell me. The video is up there. Go check it out. Did he answer the question? Yeah. You know, again, whether it's, it's a whether the perception is fair or not, uh, I, I think based on what's going on with recruiting, it seems like the guys in the transfer portal who play defense are jumping over each other to come to USC. It doesn't feel that way with the high school recruits. Overall, uh, on the day, 
it was three hours. Uh, I heard a lot about the team's camaraderie, the team chemistry. You can hear it when these guys are talking. Uh, and yeah, everyone who was around last year, you know, they're focused on this year. They, they've learned from their mistakes. They don't want to repeat those. And they cannot wait to get started. Fall camp. Today, by the way, Friday, you're watching this episode. Uh, they're starting at 6.30 a.m. I'll be out there. I'll have a practice report for you on the next time you tune into Locked on USC. So for every championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, right? Well, guess what? It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure you're going to find every part you need that fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look, then just look for the green check to know that your part is going to fit. Or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors, confidence is everything that you're going to get. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get all the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay. Guaranteed. Fit only. Available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. <coughs> all right. It's the end of the week. That means it's time for my Friday rant. And... I'm going to ease into it. I thought today's USC Media Day went pretty well. I can see some tweaks that can be done for next year to make it a little bit more efficient for the media. I understand you've got a limited amount of time to use, and you don't want to take up a lot of these guys' time, especially as they have to deal with us for the rest of the season. <coughs> Excuse me. However, I do need to express that it's it's hard to talk to every coach and player in the 30 minutes that each group was allocated. So, yeah, I mean, you know me here on Locked on USC. When I'm not here, I'm over there on WeRSC.com. So I am very appreciative for Eric McKinney and Scott Schrader and Greg Katz that they were there today, and they were able to help bring some of these insights that I'm bringing to you. So I guess what I'm saying is maybe give us a little bit longer with each group. That's all. Again, not a lot to complain about. I, what, what, because what happens though is the time goes by so quickly is all of a sudden you've spent, you know, 10, 12 minutes with Miller Moss and, and 10 minutes with this person. It's like, oh God, I wanted to go talk to that person and that person because you have your own things you want to ask. And you just didn't get the opportunity. That's how these things work. So, um, here's where I'm going to get and start ramping up my rant. 
I mentioned that, you know, today's media day went by quickly. Well, you know what by, went by real quickly when you think about it in the grand scheme of life? The Pac-12 conference. Uh, now, it's pretty much all but official. This conference is dead. Colorado is back where Ralphie belongs. Um, the Big 12 conference, everybody voted them back in. Everybody's happy, yada, yada, yada. Um, I just want to remind everybody in the Pac-12 that it did not have to come to this. This is another one of those, you sit there and now you, you with your head in, put your head between your legs, hang your head in shame, and know that you're partially responsible for why USC got up and left. You all brought this on yourself. And this is why you're all scrambling for table scraps right now. Parody doesn't work. Neither does being petty and jealous. It's part of life. There's always going to be somebody richer than you. Somebody who has better resources than you. That's USC. They happen to reside in Los Angeles. It's not their fault that programs that are in Eugene or Pullman or Corvallis or Salt Lake City it don't you can't blame that on USC for having better resources. So while everyone is now watching USC make money hand over fist starting next year when they join the big conference, remember, Pac-12, you let the NCA ham you know hammer USC into the ground. You thought that it would be beneficial to you guys. Oh yeah, we'll be able to. We'll be able to get ourselves on equal footing with USC. Short term, a couple of programs got better. Long term, how's it feel to know that really nobody wants you? Now, I, I want to feel bad for the Oregon states and the Washington states because they're going to probably end up going to the Mountain West Conference. Maybe. Check that in a second. It's crazy to think, but I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be in existence in 2024. I told you about Jonah Monheim before everybody else. If you were listening to yesterday's episode of Locked on USC, I predicted Oregon State to the Big 12 as a surprise addition with Colorado, being the next team to make an announcement. Before I started recording this episode, I saw an ominous tweet break with some, could be some breaking news. And it could be Oregon State to the Big 12. Again, this is why you make Locked on USC your first lesson every day. Sometimes you're going to get some really good information and uh, you'll know where you hear it first every day. Look, Fall camp day one is happening at, while you're watching this episode. All next week, practice reports, a lot of stuff coming up. Glad to have everybody back. If you've been away for this offseason, let's make this a, a, a fun season. And I look forward to having everybody hanging around here. So until that next episode, everyone, you know what to do.